The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hi everyone, I am Maca19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live once again on Port Fan Radio, a fan-driven online radio station about the Port Adelaide Footy Club. As usual, I'm stuck here with Fishing Rick as co-host. How are you, buddy? You're stuck here. <laughs> really? I can leave you if you like. That's fine. You can do all the dirty work yourself. Oh, I love it. But, I, I, but love I am here again, <laughs> sitting at my desk in my creaky chair at work for you guys and for Macca. I'm Brilliant. stuck. But I'm uh, I'm very well, thank you, and looking forward to another exciting weekend of footy and bashing you in the footy tips once again. <laughs> First time in a long time, I must say. Yes, probably. And look, we've got a uh, someone that we spoke to last year. He's uh, the artist formerly known as Lurker, and who now goes by the name of Har Wingard. How are you, mate? Okay, I'm pretty good. Feeling That's good. Right. This is outrageous. People should not be able to change their internet handles. It should just be once you've got a name, that's it. No change. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have, but everyone else does, so thought I may as well. Well, that's it. <clears throat> there was the great name change of, what, 2013, where I just completely lost track of who anybody was on the forum. Yeah. <laughs> I blame that guy, Stormageddon. He changed his name <laughs> 12 times every day. That's it. That's just crazy. Well, Rick, you want to talk about some competitions that we're going to be running in the next few weeks? Cool, I am. Yes, but firstly, I want to say thank you to everyone that's been a, a host or a co-host so far, um, including guests like uh, Lurker, and but also the other people that are the Power Pair and, and Willow and his crew and uh, and Al and Phil and um, and us. Uh, you know, everyone's put in a lot of time and effort so far, and it's uh, and the response has been great from everyone that's listening. Um, and just to bear with us, we've had some technical issues with a few of the first up starters in relation to converting to MP3 and then uh, podcasting. But uh, we'll get there, and uh, and then we'll have everything uh, set up and going over the next uh, week or so. So uh, that will be that one. Um, and I also wanted to say thanks to the Port Club, Dave Banner and Barry Curtin. I had a good meeting with them uh, during the week and uh, they're very supportive of uh, getting on board with Port Fan Radio and uh, so they're going to offer up some meal vouchers to give away uh, on some of the shows. So I reckon that's a, uh, uh, a bit of a bonus for us all. So when, if you interact with the, with the hosts of the show, um, you know, there'll be uh, there'll be a few competitions uh, up for grabs. So we're going to try something a bit impromptu tonight at some stage, Macca, much to your disgust. <laughs> yep, hey? if you want. That's if we want. So we're going to we're going to put up a a uh, hundred dollar um, merch voucher for the Port Club, but um, it's a Who Am I? Uh, and at some random time when. You bore me too much. I'll uh, say, let's do the Who Am I competition, and uh, and what we'll do is we'll get someone to uh, uh, Skype in who they think it is. First person to send in a Skype that will be their guess, and we'll see, and then that can flow over. Um, so that's that. And and the other one, I guess, I just wanted to point out in relation to the Port Club is, um, uh, you know, they're very grateful for the supporters. That's the message that I got out of the meeting the other day. 
Um, and they just want to reinforce to everyone in case they don't realise that um, you know, 100% of the profits of the port club being at the club or at the village are going back to the club. So um, don't uh, feel intimidated if you're, uh, if you're actually going to the club that some of the money is being siphoned off somewhere else. It is actually going all to the club. And, uh, you know, there's been this rumour and innuendo about um, some establishments at the ground that might not be port related. Uh, I guess my tip for people is if you're not sure if you're, what you're using is uh, an SMA or an SANFL or, or is it a Port Adelaide run uh, establishment, go to a port official and just ask them. I'm sure they'll answer the question for you and, uh, and uh, go from there. Absolutely. Well said. No dramas. That's it. Well, look, let's get straight into it and talk about uh, probably the biggest news this week, which was the Andrew Moore suspension. Uh, we mentioned it on the podcast on Monday night that uh, Andrew Moore was uh, reported um, in the SANFL last weekend for intentionally making contact with an umpire uh, during the match against North Adelaide. Um, he was found guilty of this offence and he's been given a three-week suspension. Um, the club did appeal, but uh, that was dismissed la- uh, tonight. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, guys? Is it uh, justified or is it a bit too harsh? I think it's definitely too harsh. Um, just, I don't know. doesn't sit with me. Because just because the umpire didn't care, and I mean, it was such a minor thing. Like, why does that need to warrant such a harsh thing? I don't know. I agree. I mean, if the umpire's got no offence to it, and there was no aggression in the action at all, um, why why should he be rubbed out? Maybe a warning for look. Just remember, you can't uh, intentionally uh, uh, manipulate an umpire physically. Um, and not only that, the umpire was sort of entering Andrew Moore's sphere in the com- in the conversation. It's not like he was uh, walking away from Andrew and then Andrew was uh, approaching him in anger. It was just a you know it was just a conversation as they're uh, walking off the ground. I, I think we're losing sight um, of the context of uh, of what touching an umpire is supposed to be. I mean, we went through that period with the the centre squares where umpires were getting bowled over recklessly by players and so obviously the AFL had no choice but to start imposing penalties just to uh, create that awareness with players that there is a duty of care to the umpires and obviously you physically harm an umpire with an intent well then you obviously should be rubbed out if not banned because that's just appalling but you know if you're having a conversation with the umpire and, and in that conversation you do a physical um, demonstration of what's happening. That's just completely ridiculous and an overreaction, and it's absurd. And uh, I know you're you you think that he's broken the rules and he should know better, Macca. But when it's just a pure conversation, I just think it's just crazy. I don't know. It looked a bit aggressive to me. I think it's justified. Um, three weeks might be a bit too harsh. I would have probably gone for two. I would have accepted two. So I can understand them appealing, trying to get the uh, the suspension down a little bit. Um, but look, in the end, everyone knows that you're not allowed to touch the umpires, whether it's you know aggressive, unaggressive, whether it's a tap on the shoulder or not. Everyone knows that you're not allowed to touch the umpires. He's decided to do it. Um, you know, you just got to deal with the suspension now. I think. Yeah, like that's that's what it comes down to. But it just seems like he knows what he's done. So I don't know. Doesn't seem. Yeah. Sorry. Well, it's, it's even more tough. frustrating because he's on the edge of the team and probably would have played this week. And, and it would have been his big chance to maybe try and cement himself in the side uh, once and for all. Um, you know, I, I have a feeling he'd be pr- feeling pretty down about now. 
I find it I find it hard to believe, Macca, that you you think that was a an aggressive body contact by Andrew. I mean, the umpire and then Andrew have said he was just illustrating what was happening in a, in a free kick situation, and I think the only part of aggression was he was sort of just a bit agitated with his um, uh, with his body language in maybe giving away the free kick. So yeah, I just I just find it astound, outstanding. It just needs to be there needs to be context in these decisions and. Uh, it's not one of those things where you can just have a, a black and white rule. Uh, you t- well, if, and if that's the case, you want a black and white rule, um, you know, like it was pointed out in the forums during the week, well, then should umpires be uh, patting players on the bum and saying, well done, when they kick a goal, or, uh, or entering into their personal space and even touching them? I mean, you can't have double standards. It just makes it really confusing. So where does it end, though? Like, if you let this go then suddenly more players are going to start doing this. More players are going to start recreating what happened in a contest on the umpire. Where does it go from there? Well, then, basically, the umpire shouldn't enter into any discussion with the player about a free kick once it's passed. You know, the, the, game, the, the, the game had ended at that period of time. It was dead time. And, um, you know, so basically the umpire... If Andrew instigated the conversation, the umpire should have said, mate, free kick's done, see you later. And he shouldn't have been walking over and having a conversation or a debate with Andrew about the free kick. It just, that, you know, that's how it should be. Either if you're going to let them have a, uh, an intelligent discussion about a free kick, you know, that sort of body contact happens. I do it with conversation with people all the time. That's how I communicate with my hands and, and expression, and people do that if... If you and a lot of people do that, so if you don't want um, that interaction, well, then you have to train the umpires that just do not entertain any discussion with the players um, at any time during or in the breaks of a game. Hmm. I don't know. I I can see what uh, what he's done is wrong. So I don't know. I, I doubt we'll ever agree on this. And look, um, I think there's a. A really interesting tweet from Bevan, who says, um, if it wasn't a televised game, I doubt he would have been reported, and I think Bevan's 100% correct. Well, they would have reported him. The umpire forgot anyway, so... Mm. Maybe some North fan or something. Well, like you said, boys, it's done now. There's not much we can do about it. We can't... There's no point bitching and moaning about it anymore, because it's not going to change anything, and... Uh, you know, we can keep going on about the SANFL hates us or whatever, but... Macker, as he said, he did it. He's t- he touched the umpire and he's been punished. And I guess he's going to have to live and learn. And we just got to move on to bigger and better things. Look, bigger and better things. Let's talk about the AFL game this uh, Saturday night. It's round four. We're set for a massive Anzac Day blockbuster against Hawthorne at Adelaide Oval. We've got a 16-13 win-loss record against the Hawks. Uh, we shared the points one each in uh, 2014. Obviously, the last time we met was the uh, the three-point prelim final loss at the MCG last year. Um, I guess the first question I've got is, uh, A, can we win? And B, if so, what's going to, going to turn around from the prelim loss last year? Uh, well, I think uh, we have the home ground advantage, which is pretty huge. And uh, I, I, think, I think we're probably a bit further away from them this year, from what I've seen so far. So I'm not very confident going in, but I I do think we have a pretty strong chance, uh, especially with uh, Loby coming back in and Ryder added to the side. I, don't, I think we're pretty 
I think it'll be a pretty close game, and it can go either way. And the home crowd will be a big, big advantage in that kind of game. Um, now, look, I think... I think we definitely can win. Um, oh, maybe we should win. Uh, and I guess Rick's point is correct in that. Um, have we improved from uh, the prelim last year? I think we maybe have in terms of our structure, especially if Loby does end up playing. I think that's uh, that's going to be a crucial win for us. Um, but I think the, the the question has to go on the flip side as well, and that's have Hawthorne improved? And they've had a pretty decent start to the season themselves as well. Yeah, and they did improve the next week against Sydney. So yeah. maybe they're just carrying on that form. I don't know. But yeah, I think I think we've improved... But it's hard to tell until we play them, I guess. I mean, we played Sydney and got thrashed, and we played Fremantle. It was pretty close. But there's just not enough evidence out there to see who's really the best side at the moment. Yep. Well, what do you think is going to turn it around from the loss last year? I think the home ground. Uh, I may sound very cynical just saying, like... But I think the crowd won them the game last time, and the ground as well. Um, It was such a close game that you've got to say things like that would be a huge factor. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's it's just going to be who gets on top early. And I mean, if we can apply scoreboard pressure at home, then it's going to be really, really hard for them. That's it. Rick, what do you reckon, mate? You dropped me, Macca. I think you dropped yourself. I know I did. I think you know, for some reason my hardwired internet dropped out. Uh, what do I think about what? I think we were uh, about even with last year. So I think Hawthorne's about even with last year. So I reckon it's going to be a pretty close game, obviously, to quote, quote cliches. I guess Peter, um, how do I pronounce his last name? Machos? Yep. Um, our photographer. He uh, he reckons that Loby hasn't been kicking with his right, right leg So at training. So are we playing a few games? Like is, is Loby just protecting his right leg still or are we picking someone who might not be playing so does, does Jared Pollock kick with his right leg yeah but he's yeah, a left but... footer <laughs> isn't Loby a right footer maybe he's changed I don't know <laughs> well I hope so because I think we really need him if Loby if Loby plays um yeah I think we're we're a big chance um and I, I'm in my notes. I've got for us what the, what we need to do is we need to make sure we find space, and I think that's what's really hurt us a bit this year. We've struggled to find space uh, a lot more. Uh, so running the flanks, running the wings. Sydney was fantastic at denying that, and um, yeah, I think that's going to be a real a game breaker for us this year or this week. Yeah, I thought we lost a lot of really easy clearances as well against North Melbourne. Like there was one where Andrew Swallow got it. And he just kicked it straight into the centre of the ground and they got a goal straight away. Um, and Loby hopefully will would help that if he came in because he does tend to tackle straight away if he doesn't get the hit out. Yeah. But we'll see. I I'd think be we pretty can't... confident with us playing Loby and Ryder against uh, Segler and McAvoy that we've got uh, the better, uh, at least on paper, in the ruck battle. Um, and we've got two different types of rucks there as well, whereas I've, in, in my opinion, Segler and, and McAvoy are both pretty similar ruckmen. Um, you know, I think Ryder's going to be the key, especially if Loby does play. If Loby can sort of tire those two ruckmen um, and Ryder can come in and start jumping over the top of them, I mean, that's that's the whole reason why we got Ryder. That's going to be a fantastic thing. Absolutely. And I, I also think we can't afford 
um, our key midfield to to drop out for an extended period of time like they did last week in that third quarter. So we need a, and that's going to be the big challenge with uh, Ollie Wines. You know, we've been battling without Loby and we've noticed a difference. This is going to be our first game without Ollie Wines in over 50 games. Um, so how is, uh, how is our midfield going to react to that? Well, we need to improve our midfield work rate, especially from uh, the prelim last year. I think we were thrashed in the ruck and the clearances in that prelim final. Um, and if you look at the stats so far this year, and yes, it's, it's not a big sample at the moment, it's only three games, but you know, Hawthorne are, are plus 11 in clearances, plus 18 in contested possessions. We're minus five and minus 13 um, per game on our opponent. So Hawthorne on paper definitely have the uh, probably the key um, in their midfield um, in that they can actually win the hard ball. Um, and, you know, Hodge and Lewis are, have started the season in absolutely dynamite form. Um, and Mitchell's been great as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how we do go without Ollie Wines. Um, and that's probably one of the reasons why I'm, I'm pretty disappointed that we've lost um, Archie as well uh, through omission. Yeah, that's fair. Um, he did offer a lot inside. I don't know. He was only on for a quarter though, so he may not have been... He would have probably had to be sub again to guarantee some sort of output from him. So I don't know. Yeah, I think you lose Ollie Wines, who's a fantastic inside midfielder. I think um, Archie brings those same sort of traits to the table. For me, I personally would have left him in the side for another week. Yeah, that's yeah well, who, who would you have uh, dropped for Kane and uh, Lobie? I probably wouldn't have brought Kane back in, to be honest, but <laughs> that's just me. Yeah, but isn't Kane the Mr. Go-To for um, Sam Mitchell? Haven't they had yeah. like a ten-year running battle, and Kane's generally done pretty well on uh, on Mitchell. Yeah, I mean Hodge and Lewis are probably more dangerous at this point in time. Well, I was having a look at the Essendon game because I totally disregarded the um, uh, the Bulldogs game that Hawthorne played, and I guess what are the Hawthorne lost, and what are the two key influences from what I saw? Um, Mitchell didn't play, and Roughhead only kicked one goal. So you had uh, you still had Jordan Lewis up there with 34 possessions. You had Luke Hodge up there with 30 possessions. Um, so obviously when they they they're going to get the ball regardless. But um, losing Sam Mitchell obviously created a bit of a uh, difference in their midfield structure and extraction, and and obviously negating Roughhead with their goal scoring obviously was another key um, key indicator of that game too. So I just wonder if you know blanket Mitchell with Kane keep him. Um, with blanket, yeah, blanket Mitchell Kane, and hopefully that might go a long way to uh, nullifying Hawthorne's advantage in the in the contest. Mm. You can disagree if you like. Yeah, no, I, yeah, as I said, I, I still would have left Archie in, and you never know, he might come back into the side if uh, if Matty White doesn't come up. So. What's this stomping allegation that people are uh, accusing the nasty opposition? Doing to us boys, stomping. Yeah, they, there's this suspicion that teams are intentionally um, stomping on our feet to negate our run in the games, and some people believe it's been quite noticeable in the first three rounds. Have you noticed? Have you noticed anything like that? Can't say I have, to be honest. I didn't notice it either. 
Yeah. No? <laughs> That's new to me. Yeah, it is to I'll, you. I'll keep an eye on it now, but... Well, anyone well, listening have in, have they, have they noticed the, uh, the stomping of feet in the game so far? I noticed um, a few people made reference to it. I hadn't noticed it myself, but... They reckon if you look in the replays, it's um, it is has been quite noticeable, and I guess it would be a clever little port ploy to try and uh, slow us down. You'd think the umpires uh, wouldn't let them get away with it, though. How would you even see it, though? You're not looking at people's yeah, feet. Yeah, I mean, geez. that's it's pretty clever, tough. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to keep an eye at it from the most unsociable team in the AFL, Hawthorne, this week. Yeah, they'll probably stomp on people's feet and then like fall over and call a free kick for it or something. Knowing Luke Hodge and the others. <laughs> That's it. Well, look, what are your concerns going into this game? Because I've got a couple of big ones. I'm worried about Jared Ruffhead, I tell you that. Mm. After the preliminary final when he just single-handedly took the game and won it for him. I don't know. I'm worried about. I'm worried about stomping, as uh, as Lambo <laughs> Lambo just, <laughs> just tweeted in saying stomping. Surely that's reportable. I'm sure if you could prove that it was intentional, yeah. Um, but I'm look. I'm I'm worried about our midfield. Um, I think we're still a little bit uh, down there and not firing on all cylinders. Maybe as a team unit, and maybe that's just the adjusting to the new midfield coach in uh, Michael Voss um, and. Hawthorne is a well-oiled machine, like Sydney. So that that aspect, if we're not fully switched on, is one that's going to be taken advantage of. Yeah. Well, look, I, I guess the two main concerns that I have is uh, is number one, the key forwards, Ruffhead and Gunston, always seem to do pretty well against Port Adelaide. And you know, Ruffy's kicked eleven goals in his last two games against Port. Um, pretty much single-handedly won them the uh, the prelim. Um, and Gunson's kicked 10 in his last three games against Port Adelaide as well. So, you know, we really do need to stop these guys from having a as big an impact as they've had in the past. Um, Carlisle on Roughhead hasn't been a great matchup for us in the past, so it'll be interesting to see if we change that around a bit. Maybe play uh, Trengove on him or, or try Homsch. Um, Homsch had a pretty good game on uh, Gunston at Adelaide over last year. Uh, so, so that'll be pretty interesting. Um, the second concern I've got is Hawthorne's pace. They are a super quick team. And I'm talking about guys like Isaac Smith, uh, Burgoyne, Rioli, Puapolo, uh, Bruce, um, Brad Hill, Hartung, Langford. They're all super quick players and, and mostly through the midfield as well. And whilst we've got plenty of pace on our own, um, you know, I, I don't think we have um, enough uh, that we can cover their quickness of ball movement um, and the way that they counterattack from the back line as well. And Hill is back for this week's game too. He is, yep. Yeah, yes. they've dropped uh, Jed Anderson, so Brad Hill comes back in, and um, you know I think we've actually seen Kane Corns go to him the last uh, or at, at stages in the last two games. So it'll be interesting to see if he goes to him um, again. Hmm. So who do you reckon is going to run with um, Roughhead? I'd like to see Trengove go with Roughhead at least to start with. Yeah, I and think he, that's he a fair might not, call. He might not have uh, he might not have the strength, um, but I think his ability to read the play um, and his sort of general smarts are, are a little bit better than Carlisle's. And look, you know, we can't afford to have Rafi kicking five or six goals again. No, I agree with you completely. 
and he, it makes sense. It's a good matchup, I reckon, having uh, Trengove on roughhead because he he could sort of match his height around the ground and also deep. So I guess body strength might be uh, the che- uh, the key there because uh, roughhead's obviously a big fella. So, um, mm-hmm. but maybe if he goes deep, that's where they switch, and uh, and then Carlisle potentially goes on to him. And they've only got the two key forwards. I mean, they've got. You know, two ruckmen in the side as well. So we'll probably see McAvoy uh, spend some time up forward, but I think Carlisle should be able to do a good job on him. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, it's going to be a close game. Have we lost Lurker? Is he still there? Or is he lurking in the background, just stalking? I'm still here. Sorry, my That's... girlfriend's asking me about Netflix. So uh, it was, Netflix. was an interesting conversation. Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. Get on it. Is that the new way of TV? I believe it is. All right. Yes, maybe we can have a podcast on that one day. We could, maybe. We'll get her. Maybe. We'll get her on. But um, <laughs> yeah, look, we just need to. Uh, we just need to have the space. I'll go back to what I said before, and don't allow Hawthorne to deny our midfield. So, and that's where the introduction of Lobie becomes all more important, doesn't it? So um, yeah. he'll, uh, along with Ryder, give our midfielders a, a better opportunity to win the uh, centre clearance. And uh, and I mean that stat was up for us against North Melbourne, the centre clearances and. And obviously, uh, we had a lot more goal scoring power. So there's no coincidence there, is there? I'd like to see us not handball inside 50 ever again. Yeah, that'd be nice. (laughs) I don't mind one, but when it starts getting like two, three, four, five, six in a row inside 50, then it starts to get a bit frustrating. Yeah, so where are you going? They're just getting more players inside 50, and you're just going to get a ball up. What's the point? So who would be your game changers for us? For this week's game game changer for us look I think probably our small forwards so I'm, I'm thinking maybe Robbie Gray or Chad Wingard and um, mm-hmm. you know that they, they both had very good games um, the last time we won against them last year and also in the prelim um, they, they both kicked a lot of goals so they're probably the two that um, I think Hawthorne struggle with um, you know Hawthorne seem to match up really well against our key def- uh, key forward sorry um, but they do seem to struggle against our small forwards. So I think if they can get off the leash, I think they're definitely the uh, the game changers for us. And yeah, I think Wickard's due for a big game, isn't he? He is. He's been uh, pretty steady to start the season. I don't think he's been as bad as what some people have been making him out to be, but I think he's been pretty steady. And, yeah, look, he's ready to go bang. And I'd love to see him kick three or four this week. So who's your pick, Loka? For our game changer. I'd probably yeah. say Wingard. I think he's got a bit left in him. And I think Hamish Hartlett, um, he was quite unfit against Sydney, mm-hmm. but he looked a lot, lot better against North Melbourne. So I, I actually expect that he'll have a really, really strong game against Hawthorne, who I think he's historically had good games against as well. So cool. I feel like Hamish Hartlett's the, the big one for us. And maybe Jared Pollock as well. Uh, so he if more midfield time. Yeah, I like that call, Pollock. Well, he's sort of been down from his preseason form a little bit, hasn't he? He's um, mm. he sort of dominated the preseason. He's obviously getting a lot more, a lot of attention, and he's still playing the same way. He's just not maybe getting as much as uh, what I thought. But uh, I'll be interested to hear what uh, anyone that's listening in tweet us in who they reckon their game changer would be. I um, I've actually gone for Matty White and Jasper Pittard because um, okay. well, I think my key to winning is. That we have to uh, we have to use the open space and get into the open space, and so those two players are the biggest exponents of utilising the open space. So if um, if those boys can run off the half back flank, 
through that space and deliver inside 50, I think that's going to show that we've got our running game firing and uh, we'll get a lot of inside 50s to win the game. Yeah, what about Kane Mitchell? He's a, he's a good runner. Who? Out there. Kane Mitchell. Who? Isn't he in the Magpies? Rick. Oh, sorry, he, won the, he kicked the winning goal, didn't he? Oh. The man. Yeah, I don't, I don't look at him as that type of player for some reason. I um, Does he have, would you say he's got blistering pace? I don't um, think he's quick. I think, he's, I think he can run fast for a long. Repeat running is, uh, yeah. is what sort of sets him up. He's sort of like a Kane Corns. You, know? you, you look at Kane and he just keeps on running and doesn't stop and just burns his opponents into the ground just by his endurance. I think that's how I look at Kane. So, I mean, I don't really have visions of Kane flashing through the halfback flank down the, down the wing to deliver the ball inside 50. I, I sort of see him sort of trying to extract the ball out of the contest or just provide that link-up play and be that person handballing uh, second last in the chain to your, your Jasper Pittard or Matty White or Jared Poli. He can be on the end of it, though. Like He can be just 50 metres in the clear on okay. the forward flank and then run in for an easy goal or something. Or take a mark with a minute to go and, and kick the winning goal and be an absolute legend. He could do that, too. He yeah, probably okay. will. I'd be happy with that, and uh, and that was it was a, a joke aside. I was actually really I thought Kane was actually had a great game last week, so I think he deserved to be rewarded with another backup game this week, and, and hopefully he can uh, can do it again. Yeah, absolutely. He was he was really good. So if Matty White doesn't ball. come up, if Matty White doesn't come up, who from the emergencies do you think will come in? Oh, well, let me go back to the team selection. So Archie Need and Paul Stewart. Do you think Paul Stewart might be a bit of a smoky? No, I don't think so. It'd have to be first in, first out, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think Archie would just come straight back in. Mm. Yeah. Or because we're losing White, do you think we'll go with the, the more pacey need instead? Maybe it would depend on the weather. How, um, if it is really, really wet and slippery, maybe they'll go with um, uh, Jake Need over Archie, and if it's you know, the wind drops off a bit and it's dry. Maybe they'll uh, stick with Brendan and, and leave Jake on the emergency list. Yep. What do you reckon? No, it sounds good to me. I like sounds, it. Sounds good to you? Yep. All right. And just in case we do have some people listening, because no one's really tweeting, we'll do our Who Am I while we're, we're gibbering away, Macca. So yep. the Who Am I is... I was born in 1966. So the first person to send us a message on Skype to Port Fan Radio will take your answer, all right? And if it's not the right answer, we'll carry over to the next one. And we've got a $100 port um, store voucher for some merchandise for the person who ends up getting it correct. And you can't guess, Macca? I, guess. I don't know who it is anyways. Even though you've had about 100 already and I've kept saying that. Um, <laughs> Lurker, you can, you can have a guess, but if you're right, I'll just say no online, kill you afterwards. But have a shot, if you like. Who do you, who do no, you I was going to I was gonna have to look it up. <laughs> I have no idea who was born in 1966. <laughs> All right, so if you're listening and you want to have a shot at the voucher, um, just send uh, Port Fan Radio a Skype. Um, with the what your guess is, and Macca will read out the first one. So, uh, so what are we up to, mate? 
Well, look, we'll, uh, we'll read out some tweets. We've, we've had a couple. Um, one from Paul Volutis, um, who says, Is it true that Phil Walsh was uh, in the Crows corporate box watching Port Adelaide's closed training session? And I have heard this rumour. Apparently, it was on radio today. Um, and if it is true, that's pretty disappointing. Opportunistic. Very opportunistic. Yeah, but who's a Oh, look, it's a great job on, uh, on Walsh's part, um, considering we play them next week. Um, but yeah, very disappointing that um, that's allowed to happen. Yeah, free or go again. Well, how does that how does that get through? All right, really. Some people there not paying attention, I guess. He must have stayed there from Sunday, you know. <laughs> He's I been mean, sleeping there since Sunday. That's great. There seems to be a bit of espionage going on in the uh, AFL camp this year. We got Frio spies. Walsh would know all our secrets anyway, so what's he learning? Maybe he was there as a bonding session to give our former coaches some support. Wasn't he associating himself with Michael Voss last week as well? Having a cafe latte or something like that? Parting some words of wisdom? Sounds about right. Well, good luck to him. That means we've got them scared if they have to come and try and scout us and, uh, and try and get advanced material on what we're doing. Well, look, a couple of other tweets uh, from Lambo. Um, his game changer is the Brog Dog, uh, Matty Broadbent. I like that call. The Cobra. The Cobra. The game changer. The game changer. Yep. Yeah. Well, he's a hard. He's becoming a hard player now. Would you put him up there as our top five hardest players in the team at the moment? I certainly, in terms of courage, I think he'd be up there. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he has any fear. He's he's quite happy to sort of back back into packs and you know put himself in the hole that sort of thing. So yeah, we have a lot of players. Like that, yeah, a lot of players that are like that. It's pretty good. Who else would be in our top five um, tough or courageous players? Chad Wingard. Chad, Chad Wingard, Boke, Boke, for sure. Robbie Gray probably as well. Jack Holmes. Courageous. Yeah, Jack Holmes. Yep. Some of, some of the, have him up there. So, some of the backing into the pack. And Bevan's um, tweeted in an answer. So, obviously, Bevan, you you got to send your answer into Port Fan Radio on Skype and be the first one. So, way, oh dear. It just, Bevan, you're out of control. Follow the rules, man. What's going on here? Well, look, it looks like uh, we do have um, a response from Dylan, who was on right. the podcast last week. Cool. He has uh, sent in an answer of Tim Ginova, as he was Timmy born G. in 1966. No, it's not. And that oh. was one of that was one of your 20 guesses. <laughs> that was one of my 45 <laughs> guesses. Yes. All right. Unfortunately, no. So, all right. I'll let one more come through tonight if we get another one. Otherwise, we'll right. uh, we'll go to next week. Interesting. Now, Mac is going to go through the history books in fine detail to try and work this out. <laughs> you know yeah, it. I tried. You Google. know it. It doesn't, it's not working for me. <laughs> Look, Lambo sent in another uh, tweet as well. He's asked, who goes to Bruce? Good question. Good player. I would Because he plays tall for a small, doesn't he? He does, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, my I've first... a feeling Pittard went on him last year a couple of times and... Bruce had a, uh, a pretty decent prelim, but a, a pretty disappointing um, early game, I think, in the season. So I wouldn't mind seeing Pittard go to him again. 
Yeah, well, as I pointed out last week, and I think David King did last night, and I got to see it, that his defensive ability and spoiling has really improved this year. So I'd probably give Pittard first shot, as long as it doesn't detract from his offensive ability. Yep. Yeah, probably Pittard. Or maybe I would think Jonas maybe as well, or mm. even Broadbent. Any of them are pretty good. Yep. I wouldn't want to see Cracker on him, I don't think. Otherwise, no. I think anyone could. No, I think well, Cracker would be the, the perfect matchup for Rioli, to be honest. Yeah, that's fast cool. enough. Oh, definitely fast enough, I think. Yeah. It's whether he's fit enough and clever enough, I think. And, you know, he can always go on to Bruce a bit later. But... Well, his spoiling didn't look very good from what I saw at uh, the North Melbourne game. I saw him try and spoil the ball and his arm went a metre away from where the ball was, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know about him, I don't know, playing on Bruce, a really dangerous forward. Bruce is more of a, a crumbing player, though, isn't he? An opportunist? Is that how you would look at him? Yeah, he's an opportunist. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. He sort of hits the packs um, front on, and you know he's very good at, uh, at picking up the crumbs and, and running on into goal, but he can take a mark as well. So you really need a... Um... You really need sort of like a Tom Jonas lockdown type of player to sort of be accountable for him. Then, yeah. But I mean, this well, is we've problem. got a uh, we've got a second answer in. Okay. From uh, Daniel Walton. Yes. Who was uh, sent in the mullet, Greg Anderson? <laughs> Good player, but no. Oh. All right. Okay. It continues on till Monday night. There's no more clues. We will have. No, another clue, another clue uh, next week. Yeah. Okay. I do have another clue lined up. I did test this out on Macca because Macca said, nah, that sucks, Rick. And so I said, all right, <laughs> try it. And because uh, you know, Macca's just brutally honest with me, but that's, I'd have it no other way. And so well, he's there guessing away and he hasn't guessed it. So I thought my clues are all right. So uh, <laughs> there'll be a clue on Monday. That's it. All right, boys, who's going to win? Let's get our predictions out there. Port Adelaide by 14 points. Whatever you declare, Macca, are you going to put in your footy tips for real? Uh, yes. Yes, I will. Okay, so what is, what is your pick? My pick is Hawthorne by 39 points this week. <laughs> Shit. 39 <Good> points. <laughs> Yes, 39 points. Where is your conviction? <laughs> well, I think they're going to be uh, too quick. I think they're going to be too strong in the midfield. I think they're, uh, you know, their key midfielders are in absolutely fantastic form. I think we're really going to miss Ollie Wines. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but um, I have a feeling that Roughhead's going to have another day out. <sighs> do I actually have to say an answer to this question? You do. Well, it's I pick with my head with the footy tips, but um, my heart is just taking over, and I, I can't throbbing. I can't not pick Port Adelaide. Double negative. I um, I just have this gut feeling. My head wants to pick Hawthorne, but I just have this gut feeling that Port Adelaide is going to come out Anzac Day. Uh, I saw Ari H at the uh, at the footy club during the week, and he was there helping hang up some of these Bob Quinn framed um, 
Anzac medals and I think the boys are going to be pumped for the, the moment of Anzac Day and even though we're missing uh, a few players, I think they're going to rise to the challenge and uh, and then it'll be an interesting position because if we do win, we're going to be 2-2 two and two and Hawthorne's going to be 2-2 two and two, but Hawthorne's the Premiership favourite at the moment. So where, where does that make us sit at 2-2 two and two in the season if that happens? I think we would be sitting quite pretty at 2-2 two and two, to be honest. I think you'd take that every day of the week. Yes, I would be very, very happy if we're two and two. Yeah, that would be pretty good from you. It's a lot better than one and three as well. (laughs) Two and two, having beaten North Melbourne and Hawthorne on the trot, I'd be pretty confident going into the showdown. Yes, well, they've had a a marshmallow draw, haven't they? So, uh, but they're going to be full of confidence. So, confidence can take you a long way sometimes, but. There'll be a conversation for next week, I guess. That's it. Look, Hayden on Twitter has said, uh, tough game, but port by five. I like that. Um, and Isaac has sent in a question. Um, he thinks a rider could certainly be dangerous, um, and he's not sure how Hawthorne can match up on um, all three of Schultz, Westhoff, and Ryder in the forward 50. Yeah, what about Westhoff? Uh, he's going to have his breakout game this week, isn't he? With Patrick Let's Ryder and Louie so. both playing. Let's hope so. He's had a pretty slow start to the season, so um, he certainly needs a big one this week. He was he was good against North in the first half, I thought, playing like basically in the midfield. I mm. thought he got a lot of the ball and was pretty good, but then he sort of disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess you can have all the you know the best forward line in the world, but if your midfield doesn't get it down there or it doesn't get it down there very well, um, it doesn't help you, does it? So. Um, yeah, we just need. I think our defensive system's been fantastic, and all credit to Matthew Nix. He's living the dream of being talked up as a coach in waiting, and he's showing that with his uh, defensive structures. So uh, we just need our um, our forward line and our midfield to deliver for a full uh, four quarters, and I reckon we'll be all right. Yeah, I think our forward line really needs to step it up. I don't know. They haven't been that good. Not sure exactly what's going on with them, but they just seem to yeah, not be able to get free. And yeah, but Ford's a result of your midfield. You have fast movement from your midfield and, and direct delivery. Your forwards are going to look fantastic. Um, yeah, cool. The moment your midfield's bogged down and held up, and you get slow delivery into your forward line, you're stuffed. Yeah, I mean you could see it with um, North Melbourne last week. They had a they had a, a, a row of players basically from the the goal square through to our forward fifty in that centre line, clogging up the the forward fifty. The mo- if we were too slow. So yeah. with modern football, you just if you're slow and you don't deliver it effectively, you just, so we, if we go back to what you were saying before, uh, playing around with the ball too much and too many handballs, well then uh, yeah, you, you're sort of leaving your forwards in a bit of trouble. Let's move on and talk about the SANFL. Uh, it's the old firm tomorrow night, Friday night at Adelaide Oval. Port versus Norwood. Can we get revenge for that uh, disappointing grand final loss last year? Uh, once again, it's the televised game on Seven Mate. So for those that can't make it, um, you still have a chance to watch it, which is fantastic. And look, Rick, I'm pretty excited this week. Do you know why I'm why I'm excited? Because you're going to be at the village drinking piss all Friday night. No, I won't be. There is another no? reason why I would be excited. Your wife's not pregnant again, is she? 
No, she's not pregnant again. No. Um, oh, this, shit, this is harder than the who am I? Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know because it's uh, it's televised. You get no, to watch it. Uh, I do get to watch it. That's great. Um, but no, look, I'll give up now because this could go on for a very long time. Mason yeah. Shaw is back. His oh. first game for the year. Shit, how did I get that wrong? Big Mace. Big Mason. Come on. He's my buddy, boys. He's going to kick 10 yes. goals. He is going to kick 10 goals. What's with Logan Austin at um, back pocket? Well, that's where he plays. I thought he was a, a, <laughs> I thought he was a forward man. No, that's Dougal Howard. Is it? Yeah. I thought Logan Austin, the big lumberjack... Um, 195-centimetre, he's uh, our next... 195-centimetre lumberjack uh, centre-half back. Oh. Then why is he at back pocket? That should Camo Shea should be back pocket. Well, it's never named exactly how it plays out, Rick. You're telling me they're lying to me. Yes. Excellent. It's going to be an awesome game. I'm glad that it's televised, and I'm glad that our centre-half back is playing in the back lines and not in the forward lines, because that would be disastrous. <laughs> It would be disastrous, yes. What about the elephant in the room, boys, Johan Wagner? He got four disposals last week, and uh, that was my concern with Johan. He looks the goods, but is he going to get enough ball? Um, what's going on there? Look, he had a good game in round one, uh, round two, sorry. So he kicked a couple of goals, got about 16 or 17 touches. So I don't know. I think he's always going to be that sort of player where he um, sort of you know, comes in and out of the game, and one week he's going to look like an absolute star, and the next he's um, going to struggle to get the ball. I think that's just the way that um, his type of player is at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Sammy Calhoun's running on the ball, which is a good sign. Yeah, that's good. He's he's such a good player. He's such a good player, and I guess the key for us is to um, to see how Jared Redden goes from here, I would imagine. He, he had his stint um, very briefly with us and now he's back where he probably should be to get his fitness and recovery back. So I'm keen to see how he performs over the, uh, over the next 10 weeks because I think that was almost a bit of an unfair baptism of fire for 2015 for Big Red uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Look, are you confident going into this one? We've only won two of the last 15 matches against Norwood. and We lost both the finals last year, but obviously Norwood had a shocking game last week against the Eagles. Well, the form, form's not ideal, is it? And um, we've got pretty much no excuses with the team that we're throwing out there this week. We're almost at full strength. If not full strength. Yeah, it'll be pretty close to it. Yeah. yeah. Except for more. So, uh, look, I would, uh, if we can't back it in, Friday night game, under lights, Anzac day, you know, we're going to struggle to beat them for the rest of the year, really. Lurker's talking about Netflix again, aren't you? Oh, I just don't. I live in Melbourne, mate. I don't know anything about the same <laughs> So you just make something up. Andrew Moore's a big loss. Cameron O'Shea go into the midfield for him and... What about, get 30 touches. It'd be good. What about, uh, what about the Magpies recruiting a player from the 90s in Jonathan Ross? How do you feel about that? I think that's a pretty good recruitment. He's a, he looks like a good player. He'll do the team things. <laughs> He's only about He's got a lot of experience. 
<laughs> a lot of experience. Yeah. Don't worry, I thought he was Three, the former. 48 years old now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was the former Crows player making a comeback. <laughs> well, you never know with the SA in a film. They like to keep play, players going for as long as possible. Hmm. Well, so does. I mean, on a side note, I mean, how, how amazing is it for you know, these records that are coming up for Boomer Harvey... Um, Dustin Fletcher and Mick Malthouse. I mean, legends of the game. And uh, to think that, how old's Fletcher now? 105 and he's still playing? It's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I feel like they carry Dustin Fletcher a lot, though. They just give him such easy roles. Whereas, I don't know. But he does very well. That's Has it. there ever been a player play that many games where he wasn't just sort of building by the end of it I don't know seems uh, mm. way too long well how long Craig Bradley go for he he was fantastic until he retired Michael Tuck was another one he yeah, just Robert Harvey he's another Robert Harvey, they, oh, yeah, but Robert they, Harvey. they were still pretty influential when they were near the end of their career um, and I guess the other name there is um, in the academy side boys is Will Northeast have you been tracking his progress Macca yeah, he's a he's a little midfielder. Um, got quick legs. Um, yeah, he's a he's a decent little player. Do you reckon he'll um, get to SANFL level? Maybe AFL level? I think he'll get to SANFL league level. I think he's too short for AFL. How tall is he? Oh, he'd be lucky to be one seventy centimeters. And what's Jake need? Do you know? Uh, one seventy one or so about that. Well, I mean, I think, and well, because my wife Melissa always goes on about how I love Jake Need, and the reason I love Jake Need is because AFL these days is all about KPIs of weight to height and having to be that perfect specimen, and and then you've got a player like Jake Lee, Jake Need that's you know this little fella, and um, and he's just a ball of muscle, and he, and he still can make an impact, and that's what I love about the game. So, mm. you know, even though we, we come out with these comments of, oh, he's too short, at least our game can still present that opportunity. If your desire and hunger is strong enough, um, that there can be an opportunity to still play at the highest level. And I think it would be great to have that dream of another Port Adelaide legend from the uh, SANFL dynasty to have a son uh, come through the ranks and, and make the uh, the AFL side. So I'm I'm not squashing it. I'm living the dream and hoping that he can make it, even if he's a, a little bit short. That's the way. Well, there are quite a few sons of um, in that uh, reserve squad. So, you know, hopefully uh, a couple of them can develop and, and make a name for themselves and, and get into the AFL team. That'd be awesome. I'd like to see well, it. That's it. Well, look, uh, let's have a look across the uh, other games in the AFL this week. Um, pick one that interests you guys. You can go first, Lurker. All right, thanks. Um, well, I was thinking either the game tomorrow night, because I'm going to do it, Melbourne versus Richmond. That's uh-huh. kind of interesting to me, because I'm kind of not sure either of them are out. So yeah. It'll be interesting. And I think the Adelaide Western Bulldogs game as well. Hey, hey, Another hey, two teams. Can't, can't we just, two. Oh. <laughs> All right. Go on. Yes, I guess right. I'll just watch that one game then. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're stirring you. So, <laughs> right. you, you don't reckon it'll be a bloodbath to um, Adelaide? 
I don't know. That's why I'm interested. Yeah. Western Bulldogs Adelaide they played well a few weeks back, and they did get smashed by Hawthorne, but Adelaide aren't Hawthorne, so. Adelaide's playing pretty well though. I mean, and Hawthorne um, Bulldogs. They've got some decent players back in the side. I mean, Matty Boyd, Bontempelli's back, Eastern Wood, Clay Smith. You know, it's a, it's a pretty decent lineup for the dogs. I think it's the Crows should win that. It's almost like they rested those boys on purpose, knowing they're going to get thumped by Hawthorne, so let's save them for the Adelaide, which might be a winnable game. Yeah, it's strategy. It is a good strategy. I'd like to see the Bulldogs win. Um, and I'm with you with the Richmond-Melbourne game, because, you know, I was going to... I mean, you just look at it and you think, yeah, yeah, Richmond, that's an easy pick and win, but Melbourne's been travelling along okay, and they, they didn't play that badly against um, Adelaide. So... Uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you reckon, Maka? What's your tip in this game? Look, this is another fantastic round of footy, I reckon. Just about every game is, is 50-50, and it's going to be very hard to tip, I reckon. Um, yeah, Richmond-Melbourne, I think probably... I'm going to tip Richmond by about 25 points in that one, I reckon. Nice. Yeah, I've got Absolutely. Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne beat Melbourne. Richmond pretty much every year. What was that, mate? Melbourne beat Richmond pretty much every year, according to my friend. Well, well that's why I picked Carlton in round one, and that didn't help. No, it's, so, it's Carlton. So uh, it's a, it, this is a game that stinks to me that Richmond should win it, so they'll probably lose it. So uh, that's how I would look at it. I uh, I really like this Frio Sydney game. I really that's a cracker outside of our game. Um, yeah. I uh, I've actually gone for Sydney. I'm telling you my secret tips here, Macca. Because um, I'm, I'm not like Macca with the tips. I'm just going to pick all the home teams all the time because that's the safest way to go. And uh, but I, I, I am think... leading your tipping competition, remember. Shh. All right. I had a Let's teacher see. do that once. Tip every yeah, home team for the whole year. And got like four go. eights. Nice. <laughs> but I just think Sydney might be able to take advantage of the defence of Frio. Um, mm. you know, they've probably got a little bit more talent up forward. And uh, I think that could be the key differential. But both teams are firing on all cylinders, and I reckon that's going to be a cracker of a game. Yeah, I think that's, there's no doubt that that is game of the round. You know, both teams are in fantastic form, so it'll be very interesting to see um, how that one plays out. I reckon Frio might win that one. My game of the round this week, or the one that I'm most interested in, is probably GWS and Gold Coast, just because mm. you know I think GWS are in pretty good form. They're playing some pretty good footy. Gold Coast are absolutely struggling at the moment. Um, but, you know, can they turn it around this week? They've got Charlie Dixon back in the side. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go. All right, boys. We might uh, leave it there. for the no Ha Wingard slash Luca. Great <laughs> to have you back on, buddy. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Sorry, I disappeared. Enjoy the footy this week and also enjoy the uh, Richmond-Melbourne game. Yeah, it should. It should be fun. Good work. Sorry you were stuck with me once again, Macca. It's all right. Why do you get stuck with me in work, the warehouse? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, that'll be enjoyable. Yeah, free, free grog, free booze. Just, Nothing wrong with that. Free food. Free, drink your uh, sorrows away. Do you want so, to let uh, listeners know again um, how they can win um, a chance to be in the lounge? I have to do all the hard work, don't I? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. So don't forget to go onto our Facebook page. Um, I've put a link up there. You might just have to hunt it down now. Uh, to subscribe or there's a subscribe function on Port Fan Radio just subscribe to our mailing list you don't get spammed it's just about giving updates I actually haven't sent 
an email yet for that reason. I don't want to be spamming people, but we'll just give updates of schedules and changes and shows and all that sort of stuff. So just subscribe to the mailing list and yeah, and you go into the draw and, and I guess just keep listening in. So the Power Pair, we've got a $20 voucher to give away um, tomorrow night um, and their shows are at 6 o'clock. Um, and then we've got the AFL Review Show on Sunday night. Um, so Willow and the boys are back. And then we've got a new show coming up either this week or next week, Macca. The, a magpie. They're going to be um, focusing on the magpies. That's Mr. Speaker, Harold and uh, Nick. Um, they're going to do Wednesday nights and talk about the, the Maggie League, the Maggie Reserves and the Academy team. So nice. Lurker, Lurker being based in Melbourne, that will give you an opportunity to... Uh, catch up on the on the local footy so when we put you on the spot you've uh, you've got an answer <laughs> <laughs> and so we'll do the uh, we'll do our uh, who am i on monday night as well and uh yeah so there's a few things going on and and uh, support the sponsors you know which is the port club getting on board with us and uh, and obviously new vision as well that sort of put all this together and is providing a lot of the uh, the merchandise and giveaway stuff so uh yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it's a good thing to be a part of and uh, onwards and upwards. That's it. Thank you, everyone, for sending in your tweets uh, this evening. It was great. And uh, until next time, can't pull it out late. Can't Go the power. He was the hero a couple of years ago in Port Adelaide's last showdown win. It's bending. That's an old-time classic.